therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, Battle Ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. And I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So I was uh, off yesterday on holidays. So when it's a holiday that's not a holy day, we have Mass at 9 a.m. It gives the people a little chance to sleep in, and the priest, too, to be honest. So I wasn't on yesterday. But today I'm going to talk to you because Sunday's... uh, gospel, the first gospel uh, for the first Sunday in Lent, talks about uh, the Holy Spirit driving Jesus into the desert, where he was tempted by Satan and then was ministered to by his holy angels. And then yesterday, the gospel was about Jesus returning in his glory with, it says, all the angels around him. So let's talk about the angels a little bit. We should we should delve into this a little deeper. So you must understand that uh, when God began his plan for creation, simply out of his goodness, you know, he was perfectly content in his own family of the Holy Trinity. And could could want for nothing more. Everything he had was within himself. But out of his overflowing love, he desired to create uh, children. And the stage to meet these children would be the universe, creation. But before he did that, he created the angels. So he created uh, the spirit realm. And... Angels are pure spirits. They do not have physical bodies. They were all created in one instant. And once they were created, there was never the creation of another angel again. Uh, So they all were created at once. And although they were uh, in heaven, so to speak, they did not have access to the um, immediate and Um, perfect presence of God the Father until they would pass this test they had to undergo. So they were there, but they did not have the beatific vision. And they were given uh, tremendous abilities by God. So tremendous power, tremendous intelligence, far greater than what human beings were given. And so... Uh, Some of these angels, particularly Lucifer and a group of about a third, we believe a third of them, uh, but particularly Lucifer was so enamored with his own brilliance that he had the thought that he could have his own kingdom, that he he did not need God, and rebelled. And it's even thought through many of the church fathers that the plan of Jesus becoming, of the second person of the Trinity, the Son becoming man, was floated past these angelic creatures and uh, 
because God knew even before he created man that there would be a fall. And uh, these angels rebelled and then they become, it's kind of ironic, they become the means of the fall. Lucifer does, the, the serpent. So they are created and then creation is made. And uh, so we have all angels were created good. Those who rebelled then become disobedient and demonic. We call them demons, the fallen angels. And they still have their intelligence and their capabilities. But now they use them to work against God. And since they can't hurt God uh, any longer, they had their best crack at Jesus during his passion. But once he uh, died, he was off limits. And when he rose with his glorified body, he's untouchable. They can't they have no way to hurt him any longer. And so the devil and his minions went off to wage war against God's children, the Christians in particular, but all of God's children uh, and to some degree. But the most targeted are those who believe in Jesus and obey his commands. That's what the Revelation 12 tells us. So he went off to wage war against the children of God. And that's the situation we've been in since uh, the very beginning. So the first thing we must know is they are no match or equal to God. He exists in a uh, position all his own. He always existed. He was not created. He gives them their power. He gives them their very sustenance, their life force. And that can be taken at any time if he wanted to. So never fear these demons. If you are uh, under the protection of God, you're always going to be okay. So if you love God, if you obey God, if you follow Jesus, you're going to be okay. In very rare cases, does God permit them to physically hurt uh, human beings, um, you know, that are in obedience to God? So if you are dabbling in a cult and you're worshiping Satan, you're opening your door to invite these demons in and they will wreak havoc in your life because that you've pushed yourself away from God and you're no longer under his umbrella of protection. And that's the problem. People don't realize that they're dabbling with occult beings. You know, the witches think they're harboring power from the elements of creation particularly the, uh, the earth, the wind, uh, the fire, and the water. They think they're harnessing power from those elements. They're not. They're harnessing power from demonic forces. And um, they, I don't think they realize what they're getting involved with. Some, some of them probably do. But you know, for the most part, the, the foundation of witchcraft is always with sort of with nature. They're working with the forces of nature. Uh, but that's another discussion. So we have this, uh, Jesus goes into the desert. He's propelled by the Holy Spirit. He is fasting for 40 days, which sets up our own precedent, pre precedent for Lent. Um, and he, when he's finished and he does emerge victorious in these temptations, he's exhausted and he's tired and he's probably hungry. And then the holy angels come and they minister to him. And he permits both of these to happen. He permitted the temptations to happen and he permitted 
his good angels to minister to him. And that really is a testimony to his tremendous humility that, you know, this is God, this is the second person, the Trinity, that he would allow uh, these things to happen. And, you know, if you go to the Revelation, the book of Revelation, and particularly chapter 12, it does talk about a third of the angels being cast out of heaven to roam the earth. And they're under the uh, direction of Satan himself. So he, he was the kingpin, and he's the one calling the shots. And the, the other demons kind of have an allegiance to him. But again, Jesus, through these acts, is revealing um, the perfection of the virtue of humility within himself. Now, we have uh, a great doctor of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas. He's called the angelic doctor. Um, he's, he wrote prof prolifically about the angels and had great uh, divine insight into them. And some of what he says is, is a bit confusing. I mean, he says that the angels are so unique that every, think about this, there's billions of angels, but every angel is his own species. I mean, for me, I can't understand that. It's too big for my brain. I can't, can't do it. Uh, but that's what he that's what he says. But he says they can be grouped into categories, and and he there are uh, supposedly there's nine choirs of these angels, but three uh, specific reasons or categories they have, and the first is for the purpose of worshiping God, and these are your your highest uh, order of angels: the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones, and they worship God. Um, you could say day and night, but there's there's no time in heaven. So they're just constantly worshiping. And through their worship, the glory of God pours forth on both back to them and upon all creation. And th this is a, uh, I don't want to call it a job, but a duty that gives them tremendous pleasure and happiness uh, to be chosen to do this, to, to stay at the throne and worship. The second category uh, or group of angels, they enact the will of God in all things. So this would include the implementation of the laws of nature, but also the imparting of the grace that Christ won from the cross. And when you when you read in depth about these these type these groups of angels, you know, they're they're holding the planets in orbit. They're holding the sun where the sun is in the universe. They're, they're all these things they're assigned to. And they um, keep everything going in balance, you could say. They're part of the providence of God's uh, system of how things work in, in creation. And then there's this third category, and that's the angels that are messengers. And we know from various scriptures uh, throughout the Old and New Testament that they've had many jobs. They were assigned probably the most relevant and important to us um, would be Gabriel uh, going to the a little girl, Miriam, the Blessed Virgin, and uh, delivering the message of God's chosen her for this special uh, graced mission of becoming the mother of his son. And uh, so we have the, those three major categories, but within them we also have 
um, this group of angels that are assigned to each human being. So we would call these the guardian angels. And uh, they're there to protect us, to guide us, to inspire us, to lead us, to teach us, and to communicate the will of God to us. And um, it's, a, it's an enormous undertaking when you think about it, that somebody would be assigned, uh, this angelic creature would be assigned to a person for their entire life. You know, some people live into their hundreds. And we even hear that they attend to you in purgatory if you have to go to purgatory. Um, if you reject God and go to hell, that's the end of your angel. He's not going to hell with you. But these creatures, uh, the guardian angels, you know, they have this great mission. And when you think about it, you know, if God put this into his divine plan, then he knew we were going to need help. He knew it. And this is his solution. Now, we also have direct help from him, from the Trinity. We have uh, Our Lady, who is given to us at the cross to be our mother from heaven. She is also looking out for us. And we, I would say even the saints have a particular role in our life with their prayers and intercession. And in some cases, their miraculous interaction with human beings. So when you start to put all this, these pieces of the puzzle together, you can see God is very much a family man. He likes to work in conjunction with all the parts of his family, working together in like a great symphony, all the pieces coming together to produce something uh, extraordinary and wonderful. This is the biggest um, sort of negative uh, question I get from Protestants is, you know, I don't need the saints or the angels, I, I pray to God directly. Well, yeah, nobody's saying you can't do that. In fact, in today's gospel, Jesus taught us the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father Prayer, uh, which tells us that's how we should be praying, at least part of the time. It's called the perfect prayer. But you can't deny, you know, what God could have went to, to Mary and given her the message directly. He didn't do it that way. He sent an angel. And Joseph was given these messages in his dreams through an angel. Again, God could have come directly. He didn't do it that way. And we have the angels uh, ministering throughout creation in various ways and means, where certainly God could have done that on his own, but he didn't choose to do it that way. So, you know, when you think you know everything and you're just going to go to God directly, you can do that. You know, um, and I'm hoping God will bless you for going to him directly, you know, but I have a feeling because he, you know, Jesus came to us through the Blessed Virgin Mary. He could have just been plopped down in a manger directly from heaven, but he chose to come through her uh, and, and grow in her womb for nine months, just like the rest of us did. Uh, so he chose this. So clearly he thinks there's a value to humanity, but also to the angelic realm. And he likes to participate with, with both of them, people and angels. Uh, so for the people who are shutting down Our Lady, shutting down the angels, shutting down you know, all the different ways that we're guided and protected, um, I think you're in for a pretty rude awakening when you stand before God at the end of your life and he shows you your life 
and you see the vast ways and means by which the angels and the saints collaborated to get us to heaven. You know, they, we, they, we can't, they can't force us to go, but they can certainly have an impact in our lives to draw us uh, deeper in love with God. And, uh, you know, when I think when we see that at the end of life, we're going to be just overwhelmed with gratitude for the gift of the angels, but also the saints and all the ways that they were supporting us and guiding us and opening little doors for us to go through and all the many, 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 many God winks of our life where things were orchestrated to bring us to a certain place and time where we would grow in deeper virtue and love of God. Certainly when I look back over my own life, this is so clear, you know, in, sometimes in great ways, like, you know, getting me to Medjugorje where I had the, the, my life conversion. Had I not been there, I don't know where it'd be. I probably would be dead. So, uh, you know, God allowed Our Lady through her hands for me to be uh, turned back around to her son. Uh, could God have done it directly? He, certainly he could have, but he didn't choose to do it that way. So we can see the great value in the angels and the saints. Now, when we talk about the ways they work, you know, I have two stories that I was pondering yesterday as I was preaching uh, after the homily. I was sitting down after communion. I remembered being in, in the vineyards of Medjugorje. I was on a trip with seminarians and young men who were discerning priesthood. There was about 30 of us. Father Charles Mingano had organized this trip from New York and he did this for many years. He would take any, anybody who had a thinking they had a vocation to priesthood, he would bring to Medjugorje and, um, and see if that would help their discernment process. But this one particular day, this is back, you know, maybe 20 years ago. Um, we were, I was with two other men, young men and we were walking through the vineyard and they were back then. The vineyards were pretty big. There was no really, there was no, um, real building going on at the time in those fields. So you could walk for quite a while uh, in, through the vineyard to get from the church all the way to the back uh, area where the mountain is. And it was particularly hot one day, and we were talking about, um, you know, something that we were we were in, a, in one of these uh, groups where we were sharing, you know, our, our stories about our lives. And this one guy said, you know, man, the more I look over my life, the more I'm seeing you know, there's a lot of sins I probably haven't confessed that I really should confess. And the other guy said, well, you know, we weren't particularly close to the church. We were way out in this field. And he said, well, we can ask our angels to send you a priest. And I'm thinking that doesn't sound very practical. If that's, if you're holding out for that, you're probably not going to go to confession. But I didn't voice my opinion. I just was thinking very skeptically that that's never going to happen. And, but we prayed the prayer. We asked our guardian angels to go bring us a priest for this uh, this uh, other guy. And uh, we sat down and just started talking. And about a minute later, out from behind uh, these grapevines appears a priest. And we just stared at him. And he said, which one of you wanted to have your confession? And we both looked at the other guy and pointed at him. And then we both ran out of there. Because it's very shocking when something like that happens. You know, it's, you're just amazed that, uh, that that sort of thing actually can occur, where the angels actually go get a priest and, and inform him he needs to go hear a confession. It's out in the vineyard. I mean, very 
I would, you know, we use the word crazy, but I guess it's not so crazy if you're the angel and you're just responding to doing something that's going to be pleasing to God. Similar, in a similar way, there was a gr group of women who were visiting Medjugorje once and uh, they were uh, very loyal fans of a priest that was in Italy and they had learned that the priest was very sick and he wasn't uh, coming out of his monastery for, I guess it had been some time that he'd been shut up in there and wasn't seeing people. And they thought, they thought it could be the end of his life and they very much wanted to see him if he, you know, perhaps if he was going to die. So they decided they're going to go drive all night to get to this monastery. Uh, and they were, they were going to, when they started out, you know, whatever time it was, they realized they're going to arrive there very early in the morning. And, you know, they were concerned about how are we going to let them know we're coming? And, uh, same thing. One of them said, let's send our guardian angels to tell him we're on our way. They were sort of like his spiritual daughters. And, they sent their angels, and when they arrived and pulled up to the gates, you know, that lock the, the monastery away from the rest of the world, the priest was sitting out there in a folding chair at the gate, and they pulled up and said, Father, what are you doing out here? We heard you were very sick. He says, no, I've, I've actually been recovering the last week or so, and your angels informed me you were going to be here in the morning very early, so I decided I would come out to meet you. Well, how do you like that? I mean, just amazing when you hear these stories of how uh, God can do these things. Really fascinating. Now, is that going to happen every time? No, the angels do not work on demand. It's not like, you know, clicking on a cable channel and watching a movie when you feel like it. But there are times when these things will edify and build up people's faith and, and, uh, and God will use them, particularly when there's no other way to do something. You know, we've all heard of these miraculous events that occur. Um, just a few months ago, I saw a, a picture of a, uh, a priest was driving. It wasn't a picture. It was a movie. It was a video. He was driving and a car lost control and hit the curb and went, was going to go crashing straight into his car in the parking lot. But miraculously, the, the car uh, bent straight up in the air and flew over his car and then landed on the other side of him. And when you see the video, you're like, there's no way that could happen without some kind of divine intervention. Cars don't suddenly just jump up in the air and go over other cars. They go, they crash into them. But, you know, these things happen. And when you see them happen, uh, you know, it really is a moment to say, praise God for the ways you can do things. Because you do things far greater than we could ever do them. So it's very good to acknowledge your angels, uh, and, and God, first of all, God, but then his beautiful creatures, the angels, and all they do for us. And it would be good during Lent to reflect about the amazing truth that both the angels, but also the demons, are active in your life, seeking to influence you. You could say Lucifer was the original influencer, and still is today, very busy influencing many. So ponder the spiritual role of your angels in your life, of God's angels in your life, and consider the various ways you can learn more about them.
there's many good books about angels. You can read, uh, you know, you can even go into Thomas Aquinas' treatise on the angels. And you can acknowledge your guardian angel. They like to be acknowledged. It's not a pride thing. They just, uh, it's nice to be thanked like, on occasion for the work you're doing. And you can even ask for the intercession of the highest degrees of angels to join them in their divine worship. So when you go to pray, you can ask if you can join in their divine worship before the throne and pray for their protection. And, you know, of course, ask them to communicate to you the highest truths of our faith and, and things about God. They can impart knowledge. They can do that. And um, be attentive to the holy angels so that you can learn to discern their voices and their actions and and follow the direction they give to you uh, from God himself. You know, this is how you can grow in the perfections of the kingdom of God. What a great way, what a great way to live your life, you know, really embracing all the different avenues that God sends us help and wisdom and protection. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing out. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria Podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.